Welcome to Pop Yak, where you yak about pop culture. I'm back after a long hiatus that I needed for my brain health. So we're talking about Interstellar. And this is a movie that I was super excited to see. As soon as it popped up on the wheel that me and my friends spin to decide what movie we're watching that night, I have never been more excited for a movie. It's a movie about space, y'all. And if you know me personally, you know that space is my thing. So color me surprised when we start this movie up and it's about the future. It's like after some sort of apocalypse. I don't know, like they're growing corn because okra failed. And li- listen to me, if I have to live on okra, take me out. Take me all back because there's no fucking way I'm eating okra. Then it was like corn. And I was like, I don't really like corn, but I will suffer through it if I have to eat it to survive. And this is like a post-apocalypse society where waste is bad. And we're going to starve to death because there's a blight. Nice. Awesome. Uh, get ready for that. I, I liked how calm this apocalypse was. Like, they seem to get their shit together right away. We don't see the part of the um, world where everybody's panicking and freaking out because, oh my god, we have to quit our jobs as engineers and become farmers. We never got that part. What we got was, here we are now. I could appreciate an apocalypse movie where the apocalypse has happened and we're in the aftermath of it. That's one of the biggest things that The Walking Dead never did, is I was like, okay, when are we going to have a civilization? It's been long enough to reform civilization. But no, in The Walking Dead, people just end up being more and more depraved, and we never actually get any governing society back. Not a big society, anyway. We get little homesteads, little towns, but it never, we never get it back. And in this movie, we get that's all it is. So it's about a spaceman, or like just an engineer, who, or a pilot, I don't know, he has so many hats, that when you finally see him talk to NASA again, and and, uh, Alfred asks him to fly the spaceship, I'm like, sure, whatever, he could do anything, and that's true, this dude could do anything, he's like a superhero astronaut, and honestly, I know people are like, this is highly unrealistic, I don't care, I wanted a happy space movie, I watched Alien, and Aliens, and I wanted a movie where space is a good time, I know that space horror is more likely to happen than space, like, instead of incredible space discovery, where everything is great. Uh, Everything was not great in this movie, by the way. Like, if you expected me to be, like, praising this movie because of its space optimism and there not be some horrible space times, you are wrong. There are horrible space times. Like, when they went onto the giant planet that was mostly water and had to deal with, like, the hugest wave ever, that wave looked amazing. I will give it a little bit of shade because those robots... Those robots didn't look great. Every time they showed the robots, I was like, this is what we're going to build? Like, this robot doesn't look like it has any functionality. And then it turns into an asterisk and starts rolling around. And I'm like, what the fuck? Maybe it does have, like, capabilities. It just looks so boxy and uncoordinated. Like, how is this thing going to help us? But it does. One other thing about the robots that I did not like, I didn't like that the robots just sounded like people. Don't like that. Let's, in the future take robots and make them sound like robots so that we have no mistake about what these things are. They're robots. Make your robot sound as much like GLaDOS as possible. Um, except for maybe the fat shaming. None of that. I, I don't, I can't handle it personally. I thought it was hilarious in a portal, but if it was directed to me personally, I would crumble. (laughs) Just straight up saying it. Just, just putting it out there. The whole movie is this planet is done. We're finished with this planet. It's time to throw it away and get a new one. So we go out looking for planets, only now in the current post-apocalypse era, they think that NASA's a waste of money. And I can see why you see it that way, humanity, because we're focused on surviving. And it's like, the planet is garbage now. We have to throw this one away and get a new one. They have these plans, and they're like, plan A is to go right now and save our people that are on Earth now and make arcs 
and send them into space. Instead, what we did was, hey, send one astronaut with our future generations of our species and eggs and do it that way. That was something very similar to what happens in Trigun. If you're interested in watching Trigun, I suggest you watch the original one just because that's the one that I know about. I'm not sure how they're doing it in the new Trigun show. But in the old Trigun show, it was very similar where they had colonies full of uh, people that they call seeds and they were to plant them on a planet that's habitable. It turns out they ended up on a cowboy desert planet. This is not a Trigun review. This is a review of Interstellar. But planets vary. You never know what the fuck you're going to. Like one guy, Matt Damon, who I was very excited to see because I saw him in The Martian and I loved him in that. And I was like, oh, he's a spaceman again. Only this time he's an evil spaceman. And he is like, oh, man, this planet is great. And on the surface, it's calm and ready. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. It's nothing down there. This is horrible. I want to get out of here. And the only way you would have come back to save me is if I lied. I'm a liar. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Matt Damon. So Matt Damon has done nothing for his space reputation. Next time he's in a space movie and he's on the planet, leave his ass there. He's earned this. It was interesting to see the best spaceman of all time do some damn good spacing. We also saw that, hey, sometimes planets landing on a planet that it's like time delayed. It has fucking Narnia rules where time there is longer than it is in the spaceship. We had that and that was terrifying. And we got to see We didn't really get to see Murph, the main character, super astronaut's daughter, grow up, but she is a scientist. She she started off as as questioning her teachers about whether or not we went to the moon because they're like, the moon landings are fake because we can't worry about that. We got to worry about right now, right here on planet Earth. There is no planet B. And I mean, there could be, there, there could be, if you like looked for it, if you put funneled all your resources into getting off world and I get it, you're like, I want to survive now, but it's like, and this is something that Alfred said. He said, like, when faced with extinction, people are going to want to save the people closest to them. They're not going to care about the next generation and next generation. We're seeing that in real life. Like, look at, I don't want to make it a political statement, but look it. So I, I understand where Alfred's coming from, and I understand why he needed to lie. I also understand why he needed to say that poem 7,000 times. The first five, I got it. Do not go quiet into that good night. I get it. But as many times they had to repeat it back to us, I was like, all right now, all right now, we get it. You could just say one line from the poem and we will infer the rest of it. You don't have to say the whole poem every time. The ending where we go into the black hole or the superhero, super astronaut goes into the black hole and goes into his daughter's room. At the beginning of the movie, we see like there is a situation with a ghost maybe or gravity a gravitational anomaly in this girl's room and she's like oh speaking to me in morse code and the dad's like yeah okay whatever i you know i'm gonna egg you on to help you progress with your with your mental exercise that's great and everything maybe use morse code to find out what your ghost is talking about lol and it turns out it was him in the future in the past it was wild this movie fucked me up and I really liked the idea of when you go into a black hole that this particular black hole was set up by future us from like where we were able to enter the fifth dimension and I know what you're thinking this sounds like gobbledygook it kind of does to me too but then it has a it dips its toe into some theories and stuff that make it make like it makes sense and if I watched it and I followed along 100% with this movie and because they did a really good job explaining their mumbo jumbo without like sitting you down in front of a chalkboard and at one point there was a chalkboard but that's not for us that was for the characters in the scene 
we weren't ever sat down in front of a chalkboard and made to, you know, deal with theorems and shit. It was a lot easier to follow than The Martian, I find. And I find that The Martian is more steeped in reality than uh, Interstellar is. But Interstellar gave me more hope on a galactic front. And it definitely is a good movie to watch if you're thinking we should, like, defund the space program or something. Because don't. Space is great. Space is awesome. And we don't have a plan to be right now. But there are some promising planets out there. Jupiter has, uh, one of Jupiter's moons looks really good, for instance. But if even if we look past that, you know, Trappist, I think it's Trappist 3, looks really nice. It looks really habitable. I have hope for the future. And that's something I didn't have going into the movie. Uh, thanks to all of the space horror that kind of is inflicted upon us. More space hopefulness. That's what I got from this film, is that I want more space hope. Speaking of Space Hope, I straight up started crying when he went and saw his old daughter again and she was old. And she was like, you know, oh, you made a promise so I knew you were going to come back. Fucked me up. Made me really sad that her hot-ass brother died being like a, an idiot. That, that made me sad. But it made me happy to see him come back to see his daughter and then go back into space, bro. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I know I'm just rambling about this movie at this point and I've gotten across that I liked it a lot. <laughs> But I suggest everybody watch this movie. It's a great movie to watch when you're feeling down and you need some hopefulness. Yeah, there's some scenes in this movie that are, like, heartbreaking. But you will come out of the other side. It's like going, it's like light going through a prism. You start going into the prism and just light and that's lame. But as soon as you go through the prism, or as I like to call it, Interstellar the movie, you come out feeling joy or the rainbow coming out of the other side of the prism is, is the best way I can explain it. Does that make sense? Go see Interstellar. I give it a 10 out of 10. It was my favorite movie that I've seen this year. I know I say that a lot, but this one is genuinely gave me so much hope and made me so happy when I was down on, when I was down in the dumps. I think I need to say it one more time. Go watch Interstellar.